Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Go for your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Them can't kill your dreams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Journal podcast. This is Paola, and today I am with Janelle Hamilton, and she is a PR agent, and she has an agency under her eponymous name, Janelle Hamilton. And welcome to the podcast, Janelle. We've been trying to talk for a while. Hi, Paola. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm super happy that we were able to make this happen. I think obviously, like right now, we're all in the house. So it's perfect timing because we all available. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And we met at Tracy Anderson. And this was last year or even the year before. And I felt like right when we started really saying hello to each other on a mm-hmm. formal level, then you left. Yes, I relocated to California. I'd been in New York for 14 years and I just couldn't deal with the extreme weather anymore. So I said it's time to move to Cali. So I moved out here. Oh my goodness. And the weather is it's so beautiful. And, you know, we were just discussing how even if we are indoors, just having the visual of nice weather and feeling the warm air is such a mood shifter. It really is. I mean, for me, I feel like the weather definitely impacts the way I feel and positivity. And I feel like uh, that was a big catalyst in me moving to the West Coast. So how long did you live in New York before you moved over there? 14 years. 14 years. And you came from? From London, England. Yeah. Hence your beautiful accent. I feel like it's going now. It's been so long that I've been here. Oh my gosh. You know, it's okay because when I first got here, I've been here for 20 some years in New York. And at one point, a couple of years in, I thought I didn't have an accent until this one girl I worked with started imitating me. You definitely have an accent. Oh yeah, but I did. I couldn't hear it. And (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how you're managing your day to day because, you know, I follow you on social media and I see that you're a very busy mother entrepreneur you work with amazing people and you you've been managing your own business for a while now yeah so i as you mentioned at the top of the show i am the founder of janelle hamilton pr and i work with many different brands across food fashion and beauty and also some award shows which i'm actually working on right now and yeah i started my career in PR like over 18 years ago, but I've had my own company for 10 years. And, you know, it was a leap of faith. It's very scary to kind of go out there on your own because if you don't work, you don't get paid. It's not like you can just show up to an office and not do anything and still get a salary. So, you know, that was a big leap of faith, but I believed in myself and it was a struggle. Like, but now I'm at a place where, you know, I get referrals of amazing clients. I get great opportunities my way. And yeah, it is challenging because um, it's me and my daughter. She was two when I started my company and now she's going to be 12. And, you know, it's a lot, like, as you know, like managing a family and, you know, I travel a lot too. Like typically I do go back and forth to New York like twice a month. So every two weeks, but obviously right now we're all sort of in one place because of everything that's happening right now currently in, in the world and in the US. So I'm sort of like based here in LA, but like I do split my time with New York and yeah, it's like a, a lot it takes a lot on you, um, out of you, sorry. So for me, just being, having a routine, making sure that I do certain things every day, even while we're in quarantine, I'm still like working in the same way as I would 
if this wasn't going on because I need normalcy in my life, whether it's meditation and working out the type of foods I eat, you know, how I structure my daughter's day. For me, it's just really helpful to just keep that the same right now so I can still move forward with my life and, and, and get things happening. Absolutely. And I, I think there's been such, it's been such an exercise in understanding what do we keep from our regular routine? Where can we relax a little bit to maybe open up that scope and everything in between? Like I know at one point I was, no, this is my routine in the beginning of this thing. And I'm going to stick, stick, stick. And then, you know, with the kids and the homeschooling that had to change. And I was resisting shifting because I'm so used to, you know, I'm recording from home. My kids are here. Normally I would be completely alone. It's, you know, completely silent. And even in terms of my own self-care, I was trying to have my alone time, you know, in terms of my workout and Mm -hmm. that didn't, it kind of didn't work. And I got very frustrated and I had to go through this whole exercise of remove, you know, changing things around and the next week changing them again until mm-hmm. finally you kind of find a groove, right? Where yeah. you're like, okay, I can park myself here for a minute. Oh, absolutely. I think we have to be flexible right now. I mean, every day is literally different. Like we don't know what we're going to be hit with in life or like with the news coming from, you know, our different states or even the president. So I know that I'm trying to be as flexible as possible, but I I still have a basic structure for me. Like I have to get up earlier than my daughter. Like I just have to, because I'm not going to get as much done as I would like to because once she's awake as you know like it starts the breakfasts the snacks the schoolwork the wanting to go out the this the that so like I have to do the big most important things which for me right now is my physical exercise so I do the Tracy Anderson streaming in the morning at like 6 a.m so I get that out of the way and I feel like once I've done that my body feels awake and alert and I can move forward with a positive mindset for the rest of the day and then I'll make sure that I do my prayer meditation afterwards I do it after my class because I want my body to be tired so I'm really just like relaxed and just in the moment for the prayer meditation and then I'll just get about my day you know I'll just start like because I'm working on the east coast time because all the editors the majority of my clients are based on the east coast or in the midwest so for me it's like I have to make sure that I'm up early and doing a lot of things because essentially which is one of the reasons why I moved to Cali is before I was working crazy hours like six o'clock in New York anyway all the way to like maybe eight nine o'clock because of my LA based clients and now like with the bulk of my clients being on the east coast I start very early but my day typically starts winding down around like three o'clock in the afternoon here in California because you know all the editors are done like they've left the office when we were out outside you know they've Mm -hmm. written their stories so I can start winding down and like actually having an evening whereas before I was not having an evening my life was about work and I wanted to be home and present for my daughter really be present for my daughter when she got home from school and and moving to the west coast and with my schedule allowed me to do that that's so great so tell me a little bit about what moved you or what was that truly inspired you to build your own business coming from working at agency or with other people and you decided i'm just going to do this on my own well the big catalyst was definitely my daughter like I remember like she was like one and a half two years old and I was working at a huge PR agency I've worked at many big companies I won't go into the names but like yeah like I was with her and like with 
PR, like the job is not nine to five. As I've just mentioned, like it's very long hours. And, you know, when you're working at an agency, you're working on multiple different clients, maybe five or six different accounts at a time. And then obviously they're doing events and you have to go for meetings and drinks with editors. And, you know, it's like going into the evening. And I just felt like I was missing everything, like with my daughter, with her growing up. You know, I was seeing her in the morning and by the time I got back, like she was asleep. And I'm like, well, what kind of a life is that? And it was around the time of the recession in 08. I think it was like oh nine, and yeah I was just like this isn't working for me so I decided to like you know just take on one client at first like to you know spend some more time with my daughter and have an income coming in and then I just just kept getting referrals because I've been doing PR for so long and it's really hard to find people these days who can actually do PR properly so many people say that they're publicists but they actually don't have the skill set to actually you know, garner results for their clients. I think that's why so many people like, you know, entrepreneurs and small businesses are scared to work with publicists because I hear like a lot of horror stories where they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars because PR isn't cheap, but like it is a great investment when done properly. And they spend a lot of money on like, you know, services that they've got no return, you know, like no placements or maybe the person didn't put them in the correct place to get their brand seen with potential customers, etc. So for me, because I have been doing it for so long and I was sort of trained by the old school, like PR people. And then now obviously I merge like new technology, like social media and, you know, live streaming different things into like my practice of promoting my, my clients. But for me, because I had that skill set and experience, like I just started getting tons of referrals because I would get a client and get them in everything. And then they would tell their friends. So for me, like I've never, you know, which is very bizarre because most people, it's never happens to them, but I've never ever pitched a client in my whole entire life since I've had mm. this company. Everything has come off of word of mouth referral. And, you know, my client retention is very high because I do deliver results for them. So like most of my clients have been with me for like the whole time I've had my agency and the ones that have come on, they've stayed with me. Like even through this like you know a lot of people are losing clients and right now today I mean who knows it could change like tomorrow or next week but right now I have all my clients on roster because they understand like how important it is to communicate with the public right now and Mm -hmm. the editors and it's like no point having say a cookie company or, or a beauty product line and like you have it on on social media and no one is like seeing it off of social media what about when we're like watching different tv shows or what about when we're you know surfing like a website and reading an article on glamour like you want to be in there you want to be in a place where your potential customer bases so I help them with that and obviously now with like sales dropping drastically because people are being so conservative with their money like it's just really finding ways that we can get visibility for our clients so they can still keep their revenue up Mm -hmm. and at least not like fold or like disappear as a business entirely which is happening to a lot of people as well. I have two questions based on what you said one is what makes a one a good PR agent because this is my background story I've never worked with one personally <laughs> because the people that I've reached out to I'm I'm myself and I have very specific goals in mind and the people that I've consulted they don't really bring me much more than what I'm already doing and like mm-hmm. we were saying it's like thousands of dollars now my husband he has his own company mm-hmm. and he's worked with a number of people and sometimes it's just like you were saying what what was the point of that and yeah. then maybe work with one person so what is it that somebody would look for what are some key things to look for in in a PR agency or if we're working with somebody in PR 
Yeah, I mean, my first tip, which a lot of people do, like they keep their cards at their chest in terms of their budget. For me, if I was a small business, I was looking to hire somebody or just a person looking for more publicity, I would like have a set budget in mind. I'd like know going into this saying, okay, like say I wanted to spend like $3,000 or $5,000 a month. Like that's my set budget. And then I would like do some research online. You know, you can even find people on obviously on social media or get recommendations from friends. And I would not like sign with anyone until I have at least five different publicists, you know, that I'm speaking with. From them I'd be from there I'd be very upfront about this is like the five thousand dollars I want to pay per month for this project. Can you put together a proposal based off of what I want to achieve? So whether you wanna, you know, get like position more in on TV or maybe you want to increase your product sales like you know what sort of magazines and websites and podcasts do you think will help my business to like really get this exposure so I would have like my budget the five different PR people they put together like their proposal and I can see like who comes back to me and what makes sense and what's going to offer me the most value for money once I maybe narrow that down to the top maybe two or three people from there like I would ask for them to definitely 100% give me references of past and present clients maybe one or two and that way I can speak to you know past clients about like how you know what their experience was like what the results was what things they found challenging and then I can get like a real life referral because like I you can't really trust what most people say anyway so I think it's always good to get like a case study and find out how it was for them and another thing I would say is always try to find someone who has worked with similar brands you know it's no point working with a fashion publicist and you're in wellness because it Mm. is quite different like i you know personally do like a mixture of different things because I've been doing it for so long I have like many different editorial contexts across contacts sorry across a wellness fashion beauty and entertainment but that's because I've worked with them for many times but it's quite rare most publicists either specialize in maybe like just beauty just fashion just wellness but for some reason how it worked out for me I ended up doing everything but you know mm-hmm. I would say like just making sure that they have the context because a publicist is someone is, is you're paying for their contacts and their relationships you know, it's like I can give you, Paula, like a list of emails of editors and you can email them all and it doesn't mean they're going to get back to you. The reason mm-hmm. why they'll get back to me is because one, I know how to pitch them in the right way. Two, I have a relationship with them because I've been working with them for over 10 years, you know, and like mm-hmm. they trust me. So it's like easy to get hold of emails, but can you strategically turn that, you know, that contact into a placement? And that's what they would pay a publicist to do. Absolutely. So it's not just having the contacts, it's knowing that you can deliver results. So what do you think makes you, you like, what's, what's the unique approach you have? I would say, first of all, I don't work with anyone or anything that I wouldn't use or believe in. So like I, if I'm working with a cookie brand, I have to actually love your cookies. Like I'm not going to just take on any old one. There's been so many people I get approached all the time from different brands. But if I don't believe in it, like I can't take it on because essentially for me, a publicist is a salesperson. <laughs> You're selling like an idea, a business, a service. And like for me to be, I can't lie. So like, I, you know, I'm not the best actress. Like I have to be so passionate about it. And like, I'm going to be your cheerleader. You know, I'm going to be like saying, oh my God, like how is amazing. Like this is the stuff she's doing. Like, you know, I myself have like done like some of her coaching, like whatever it is, you know. And from there, it's like a more realistic, more transparent, more real interaction with me and like whoever it is that I'm speaking with. And I think that that 
is what makes me different. I'm not doing it just for the money. I'm doing it because I really believe in the mission of the person I'm working with. I love their product, business or service. And yeah, like I just, I just want to see them succeed. For me, it's just like I've worked with many brands who like no one knew who they were and they, you know, maybe we met in like a coffee shop when they had not even one sample. And then I've worked with them for like four years and now they're everywhere and I say the name and people are like, oh my God, you work with Mented Cosmetics? And I'm like, yeah, like I actually launched them. It's like, so like happy it makes me so happy to see them thriving like that's what I get a buzz out for my job it's just like seeing my clients do so so well I love that because it's it's having a true connection with the work that you're doing and it's interesting you say that because earlier I was my daughter was asking me how come if I went to school and studied art now I'm in wellness and I told her the first thing I said was like first of all you can change your mind it doesn't mean that's something you want to do now. She's eight will be what you want to do later and that you can never change your mind. And I kind of explained in a nutshell, you know, what, what drove me to, to shift careers, but this idea of just being truly connected to your work and knowing that you are committing your time to dedicating space to the success of a brand, you may as well use it and like it. I was and you know, it's so interesting because I just, interviewed this woman a couple of days ago for the podcast, Rory Sassoon, and she runs a dating service. She has a, a partner who's a behavioral therapist, doctor, and they have this very unique approach. And she said something similar to you. And in her words, it was, I would never work. I would never try to work with somebody and set them up if I didn't like them, exactly. <laughs> said, you know, so that, that makes sense. But she's like, you'd be surprised. Some people just do this as a service and they're like matchmaking. And it's, it's, that's the thing with apps. It's not an algorithm. She's like, if I don't like the person and I find them to be X, Y, or Z, I can't work with them. How, how can I have a true connection with somebody that, and, and try to set them up if I don't even like them. I, and I feel like that's something that's been lost. You know, I, when I was in fashion, I worked in big, companies and that connection to the product in that case and to the customer themselves didn't even matter. It was really about hitting a bottom line and numbers on a sheet and last year's budget and revenues versus this year. And, you know, coming from the design side, which we are known to be the more sensitive ones in the whole <laughs> environment, it just never resonated with me because it's how can you create something when there's no connection to what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. And I think now, like with everything, I feel like there has been a planetary shift with everything that's going on right now. I think that we're like looking more at like the core values of everything rather than just material things because it's all been stripped away. You know, you can't, you know, be out and about traveling and your car and all of this stuff is all gone. It's about like family and being with yourself and being content and being grateful. So I feel like that alone is going to shift the way we all interact and do business one with one another. And I think a lot of mistakes that brands are making right now, you know, and which I've advised, I did a post on it the other day, but like a lot of people are, you know, still pushing, pushing product. Here, yeah, the top five mascaras, no one cares right now. Like realistically, like no one cares. It's like, well, what can you bring? Like what value can you bring to this conversation like I'm working with a brand and it's a, I'm going to start working with them next month and it's a food brand and we had like a prelim conversation like I love the, the 
products that they have. And then I was like, you know, tell me about yourself. She's like, I'm a meditation teacher. I was like, oh my God, like that's what we're going with right now. Like this is what people need. You need to give yourself to like, as a solution, like tips, everything to help people through this time, you know, and not just focus on pushing the product. So it's like a human connection, being empathetic to what's going on right now and to providing solutions and services and free things to make people feel good, to make it okay to be in quarantine right now. Like how can I help you? And I think that maybe people may not buy right now or they may not, you know, take your services right now, but I think if you handle this correctly and delicately, down the line, they will like bookmark your page, your website, or save a post that you've done on social media and come to you when they're choosing someone to work with, you know? Like it's all about being human and human contact and we can't do that in person right now. So whatever we put out there on the web and in interviews and things like this is going to come back to us in a positive way. Yes, and I, I agree with you 100%. Is the conversation is so different and it's it, not even that much time has passed, but mm-hmm. like you're saying, the energy, the planetary energy shift, the collective consciousness, it's things that mattered in February do not matter at all right now, especially mm-hmm. in terms of how we value ourselves. So that idea of offering, what value do you bring to the table I mean, it can go in different extremes because now all of a sudden everybody's doing Instagram live and it's to a point that it's like, can you please stop doing Instagram live? (laughs) (laughs) If you really have something of value to bring, that's not human value, that's not distracting value, it's something of yourself that you can share. But for example, in my business, my biggest focus was fat loss. And I speak of it very openly because I don't think fat is a person fat is a thing we that our body creates it's a substance that has a purpose so I was very vocal about that and demystifying what that means and that we can talk about it and still love our body and be beautiful and and want to feel a certain way and it just doesn't resonate for me right now even though that's the, maybe the end goal I just don't feel like speaking of it in the same way I want to mm-hmm able to support you during this time so that you can stay healthy and happy and feel at home in your body but separating it from that at least for now and it's something that's come very naturally because I don't feel like I should be I I would never push something that would cause you stress if Mm -hmm. any at all when we are already going through a collective stress that we have to manage and handle so what's apart from bringing forward a personal value what's another big shift you're seeing and and how people are offering their services not necessarily selling but just how do you go about offering your service and still being connected and empathetic and understanding what's going on you mean in terms of new business or the current clients that you have just in terms of the conversation right now like the clients that you work with because you work with fashion you work with beauty you work with food so is there like there must be a huge shift like who's buying clothes right now yeah that's the thing they're not then no one's buying i mean people are probably bookmarking in case they don't lose their jobs and they can still afford to go shopping but i don't think people are shopping in the same way again for me as my brands is just like you know say i mean very varies from industry to industry but say for example one of my clients is doing like a weekly thing where they're like sharing like information and tips on like finance so it's like again just tapping into different areas of what mm. of their 
their knowledge that's not just around their business because I think that people are really looking for a safe space to really connect and I know it's like so cliche but it's true like we all are that's why I think I think I mean I looked at my time and I think I'm on Instagram and like different social media you know they do the alerts on the Apple phone of how long your time if it's up or down for the week and mine has gone up by like maybe 10% or something but because we're looking for ways to like engage and, and connect with people and like I said I don't think that there's like a specific strategy around it I think it's just really being human it's like you are a human being and like just think about it in that way don't think about it as like the bottom line like you said with your in your past profession where you used to work that like don't think of it as like a sale like how can I really genuinely humanly like humanely sorry help these people right now so like one of my clients is an incredible like businesswoman like she's done so many different things worked with the president etc and uh, like Obama that is <laughs> and you know yeah. yeah let's make that very clear and yeah so she's like very accomplished with like you know stocks and shares and investing and budgeting so like we're going to do like a ton of things around that so it's still going to be her as the CEO of her company but like you know we're going to tap into other things that can sort of raise her brand profile, educate about the products and how she runs her business, but at the same time provide value in other areas that, you know, you can speak to. Yeah, it's it's great. I feel like it's going back to the truth and the... Yeah, you can't buy these days. You're going to get found out. People can see through this now. It's just like, even people who are oblivious to like the spiritual world and crystals and meditation and stuff like you and I are, Paolo, into that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot run from yourself right now. You are with you all the time. You're with your family all the time. So it's like we just have to be transparent and we, you know, just share like what we have with other people. I think that you're doing this podcast and sharing your knowledge, by the way. That's amazing. Thank you. And, you know, it's it's a space where it's, it's a, I love how I'm able to have these very casual conversations with women that are doing so much, but it comes from a true place of just wanting to do good things you know i i don't i haven't had one experience where i've had a conversation and and it's been a person that's been disconnected or it's 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 that connection to what we do that really drives us forward and always keeping that top of mind which back to your point of launching your own business sometimes you can only find that and listen to that voice when you are on your own and Mm -hmm. as scary as it is and as it takes a lot of work but it's this beautiful effort and it's it's almost like even through the hardest times of building a business or understanding how to go about that in the scary moments there's this deep satisfaction because there is a connection to the work and there's a mission, it's a mission driven yeah. purpose rather than, than a financial only. I mean, we all want money. I want to make money out of what I do, but that's not the goal. The goal yeah. is that I will get paid because I'm providing something that's supporting people. But, you know, something else I wanted to talk to you about is you've been very vocal about women of, of color mm-hmm. in your field and yeah. in general how how do, how does that feel for you what were some of the challenges or not or or areas where you saw or didn't see any challenges coming from the space you come from yeah i mean i would definitely say like you know i feel like well i know that like pr is like probably 85 percent women and maybe 15 percent men and majority of those may be gay particularly in fashion you know so it's like a, sp- a specific like template and you know it's really hard for women of color to get their feet in the door like it is a predominantly white 
industry. I mean, if you look at like the, you know, top 100 PR agencies or top 100 publicists, like in the picture, maybe if you're lucky, there's one to two people in the whole of that list, which is really sad. And for me, it's just like, I've been doing this for like so long, for like 20 years. And, you know, for me, I haven't really had any personal struggle. I think obviously having an English accent maybe helps too <laughs> in America. But like for me, like I have had like great opportunities. I've worked with the Royal Family and like I've worked, you know, with Tom Ford. I've worked with like so many different, I've been to the Met Gala, I've been to the Tony Awards. Like I feel like I've had an easy trajectory, but I know just from like speaking with up and coming publicists, especially those who are African-American, like they really struggle to even get the foot in the door. Maybe they don't fit the aesthetic that the agency wants you know, which mainly is like blonde hair, blue eye in like fashion and beauty. And that's just how it is. And there's just not been a shift. So for me, I just like wanted to highlight that as I can, like where I take part in different conferences, where I talk about it on my social media to give them a voice and a place to like chime in on that. And I feel like, you know, people just don't talk about it in an industry. I'm like, why don't they ever like bring this up? So I just like something, sometimes like, you know, you get something in your spirit to share it with an audience and I did and I just wrote it and then so many people were commenting and I got like so many different offers to do like conferences and stuff just from that one post. But it's just something I'm passionate about because I think, you know, people need to be given different opportunities and I think it's diversity, particularly right now with brands like, you know, like Fenty and different companies like looking at like the buying and spending power of you know african-american and latino communities and it's like well maybe the people you know pitching and coming up with ideas for these things should actually be from those communities too yeah. you know i think it's you know i think yes of course any culture can add like value in terms of like putting together a pr strategy but i know that there's certain things about the black community that i know that maybe a blonde hair white women may not understand when it comes to beauty and how we prep our hair and like the struggles that we go through and how difficult it is to find foundation the issues that we have like I have to cream my skin every day because my skin gets very ashy and dry like you know mm. things like that they may not understand which is why diversity is so important so it gets me kind of frustrated when you know we do, we're not in the you know around that table in the PR agencies like giving our opinion because we don't even have a job there so, and I'm lucky enough where I can control because I am the boss and I'm the one who makes decisions. I employ a very diverse range of employees and a lot from ethnic backgrounds just on purpose because I know they don't have that opportunity. So I can, you know, speak to this freely and not be reprimanded. Maybe some people who work at agencies can't speak out like I can. So I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's so, some of these things are so specific, you know, mm-hmm. when you, especially like you said, when you're discussing hair, makeup, even how close fit is, it's a whole different conversation that of course, somebody that's very talented and knowledgeable and understand regardless of their background may understand. But if you are coming from it, it's, you know, again, it's coming from the experience of living through something that's so specific that, Hey, if you've been through it, I'll, I'll trust you because you've been, you've been there with me, you know, and, and it's easier to see eye to eye, how the experience, the actual experience of participating in the product would be. And, you know, it, it, something else going back to that, I saw your whole hair journey yeah. for the past year or so, because uh, it's, how, how was, how did that come about? How does that feel? 
Yeah, I just woke literally. I've been in the beauty industry for so long, for like 15 years, and like doing beauty PR. And I've worked with like Andre Walker. He was like, he's a friend of mine. He was like Oprah's hairstylist for like 25 years. He was on her show. Like, he has his product line. I helped him launch it. And I remember like when I, he has a natural hair care line. And like when I saw the product, I would see all these beautiful models like that we would hire, you know, at events and stuff. And I would always have healthy hair, like straight, you know. And mm. I was like, oh, it looks so beautiful. But I just wasn't ready. And then one day I literally just woke up and I was like about to like blow dry and flatten my hair and my hair had got so thin at that point because I was like straightening and blow drying it all the time and working out doing Tracy Anderson which as you know you sweat so much at Tracy Anderson it's like do I have nice hair today or do I go and do a Tracy Anderson class like that's usually like my choice you know it's like if I have a blowout the day before and then I go Tracy Anderson it's over I think for everybody so yeah I was just about to straighten my hair I was like I'm actually don't want to do this anymore I'm like and my daughter you know she has like African-American hair like curly hair and like textured hair and she you know she would always say to me but your hair is straight why can't I have my hair straight I'm like because your hair is beautiful and curly and I was like what well, is such a hypocrite like I'm such a hypocrite telling her that her hair is beautiful and I'm not even embracing mine and then that day like I just decided to put my flat irons down I have not touched my flat irons in like two years <laughs> and I'm not blown dry my hair in two years and I just love my natural hair the way it is I just like got to a point where I just wanted to be authentically me and also it's just so much less work when you can just have your hair natural and curly and not have to blow dry and straight it all the time so yeah I'm loving my hair as it is and like I find that Glam as an editor and then she was writing a story looking at ways people damage, damage their hair and then she asked me to be in the piece so I was like recently in the piece which you probably saw powder with my before mm-hmm. and after and like how happier yeah. I look now with my hair curly as the post when it was straight and guys actually like it more i'm single right now they love the curly big hair so i'm like okay um this is working for me no you look beautiful and you actually inspired me to stop relaxing my hair because my hair is it's it's a big afro and Mm -hmm. i've i've fought it for so long in my life and I finally let it out in my mid twenties is when it was in all its glory. And I actually posted some pictures on Instagram. I saw, my friend I that. It was like party. Like it was like happy time here. But then I went back to the relaxing and I cut it short and all that stuff. And when I saw you, I was like, Oh my God, she looks so beautiful. It was that same reaction of like, look how beautiful she looks. And it's like, wait a minute. I actually have that. hair. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's almost like the fear of growing it out because it is a process. But once you, you know, you kind of stick through it, you treat your hair really nicely. And then when I finally cut it the other day and I was like, Janelle, look what I did. And it was That's just so good. I ooh. love it. You have beautiful curls. And like my client, Andre, he said, you know, we have to make peace with our hair. I can't make yes. peace with your hair. I can't want other. And that's the thing I think with the media and like, especially for people who come from, you know, African-American, Latino, different backgrounds that have not got bone straight hair. Like we're just like fed this idea of what beauty is in terms of like straightness and hair and maybe color and stuff of like the you know the blonde or whatever and like it's like making peace it's like I wanted to make peace I'm in my thought I just turned 40 last year I want to make peace with my hair you know I want to embrace who I am it's like I'm not trying to be and I might fight it I've literally been fighting with my hair like my whole life making it into something it's not it's not meant to be straight it can be straight sometimes but it's designed and God created for it to be curly and I love it now (laughs) 
I love it. And, you know, for me, it was a very much a cultural thing. Like in my country, everybody relaxed their yeah, hair. Same. And it was just like, I didn't know when I was a kid, it was a different texture. I think it changed when I went, when I became a teenager and my mom was like, oh, and she started relaxing it. Yeah. And so by the time I was 25, I was like, what the heck? I did. I didn't even know that that was there, but you know, in my country, it's almost like a status thing because yeah. if you have straight hair, you're whiter, mm-hmm. which means X, Y, or Z. And now, I mean, the conversation has even changed there as well. But surprisingly, I've known my husband since 1998. And he always, he was like, why are you fighting with your hair? Because I would get the worst haircuts. Or I was trying, always like fighting with the hair or doing this like, yeah. what is wrong with you? And I was like, you don't understand. So finally, when I let it curl, he's like, "You that this is it." Like you're saying, guys, it's. I feel like once you embrace it and once you make peace with your hair, you relax too. It's almost like, ah, yeah, because you're authentically who you are. Like you're not hiding behind anything. And I feel like there's a confidence in like being comfortable with yourself that is like out, you know, portrayed out to other people. And the funny thing is, I have got more jobs in terms of clients from my natural hair. Because they're like, oh my, like, I've got hair brands because they were like, I love your natural hair. You know, I've got like makeup brands that wanted me to work because they're like, you just fit the aesthetic. I'm like, my hair's unlocked all this money for me. <laughs> you know, it's like giving me so much opportunity. And it's like, what was I fighting against all of this, you know? But like, I love your curls. It's so beautiful. You need to definitely keep, you know, going. It's a long journey, but it's worth it. Like, I'm just so happy. If I, you saw the picture of house damage, that was my hair. The picture I posted, Paola, uh-huh. was my uh-huh. hair. That was my hair wet. That's how much curl I had in it. Like none. It was completely gone. Wow. I had to grow out a full new head of hair and cut off the ends to get it curly yeah. to how it is now. That's what I did. I had to just let it grow and then yeah. cut the yeah. and then it just, it just happy hair. So I want to close our conversation by asking you what are other healthy or it doesn't even have to be healthy. What are the other things you do apart from your Tracy and caring for yourself in not, not only through these times, but in general, what are like your non-negotiables? Yeah, I definitely do the prayer meditation every morning. That's like eight to 10 minutes. That's all I can manage. I know people, I wish I could do longer, but I just, my, I can't, but consistency is more important for me right now. So always mm-hmm. I do the prayer meditation in the mornings. I used to work, well, I do work a lot, but I used to always work and eat at my desk. And now I turn off my computer and I go and sit down at the dining table and I put proper cutlery and I set the table for my lunch and I take like time for myself. It could be like 10 minutes, but I want to just step away from the computer so I make sure like I take time to eat slowly and just really even if I'm surfing the web like while I'm doing it like on my phone whatever but like I just want to enjoy my lunch because I deserve that I do see a nutritionist which helps me so much like she gave me a structure around my meals and you know we actually had a call a couple days ago where we adjusted my meals and the sizes based off of the fact that I'm not as active as I was before yes I'm doing Tracy Anderson but I'm not traveling all the time I'm not walking around all the time you know I'm, I'm in the home a lot more so we adjusted like the food around that to make sure that I wouldn't get any weight and 
and stuff and just be healthy and just making sure I was having the right nutrients as well. And in terms of like just family stuff, like I definitely try right now in quarantine to do something really nice with my daughter every week. Like she wants to do the cookies or whatever, like so we're going to bake that on Friday. We'll do like a movie night, just little things that we can do together because I think we're both under a lot of pressure and stress right now. You know, her father and her grandparents are in New York and she can't go. She was supposed to go there for spring break. You know, she was to go there again Memorial Day weekend. Who knows if that's going to happen and then the whole summer. So like, you know, she hasn't seen them. So I'm like her main source of love I guess right now even though she speaks to them on FaceTime but so just spending mm-hmm. quality time together and like playing board games and things away from the computer and one thing I've noticed and I don't know if you do too because we are home so much right now and inside the wi-fi around the house is I feel like the electromagnetic I don't mm-hmm. even know the, I can feel it so like I've been putting all the wi-fi off at night and then I've been mm-hmm. going downstairs and grounding on the grass to get rid of some of that electromagnetic energy I hope I'm saying it right but like I feel it like it's just so much electricity and bad stuff around I don't know it just feels different you know because I'm in the house so just taking time to be in nature and sitting outside and just walking in the grass for a few minutes bare feet is like major for me because I can totally feel the difference because I'm not outside as much so those have been important for me absolutely I mean it's so important and I've been taking the kids for a few minutes to the park. I'm fortunate enough that I have two parks nearby and I will let them run and get dirty and play with sticks and mud. And I just lay on that wet grass. I don't care. And it's just, it kind of sucks out all that electricity, all that kind of dirty vibration. And it's, it's just heaven. But if anybody would want to, follow you on social media or employ your services how can they find you sure it's everything is my name and it's janelle hamilton and that's j-e-n-e-l-l-e and hamilton like the play so everything on instagram twitter facebook etc although does anyone even use facebook anymore i just use it for my family (laughs) i think instagram is the winner right now so yeah so that's where you can find me (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for honoring us with sharing your story and inspiring us to be our authentic selves. And I will, you know, hold on to this conversation dearly. And I hope to see you in person soon. I know. Hopefully we can see each other in real life. Thank you so much, Paolo. You're doing an amazing job and keep sharing all your great info on Instagram because it's I'm learning a lot too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. Sending you so much love and thank you.